Formula One has made its way back down under for the first time in over two years, and for the close to half a million people in attendance over the weekend, they got to see something special. Charles Leclerc is in rare air as he nets the first Grand Slam in F1 since 2010, while Verstappen's title defense takes another blow courtesy of the Red Bull Power Unit. And to everyone's surprise, George Russell is second overall in the driver's standings after grabbing his first podium with the Mercedes. My name is Dames Nellis, and welcome to another race weekend, Canada's F1 podcast. And as always, I'm joined by team manager for Pro Racing Ontario, Daryl Timmers. Hello, hello. It's it's race. It's just past the race weekend again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, depending on where you're at in the yeah, world, we're like exactly. two days out from yeah, Australia. It's been crazy. As of the time that we're recording this, and uh, speaking of this, before we get into all of that stuff, just a reminder: we're all over the internet. If podcasts are your thing, taking us on the go, you can definitely do that there. Just search another race weekend uh, on whatever podcast platform that you subscribe to, and of course YouTube. We stream there Tuesdays after every race weekend. So just pull up YouTube, search another race weekend, and you'll definitely be able to find us there as well. Now, with all of that being said, let's kick this thing off. Charles Leclerc is in a space all of his own. It is a great time to be a a Leclerc cart dealer, as we've said since the first race. Uh, The dominance just seems to continue. The question I have for you and the question everybody else has at the present time is, can Leclerc be stopped? Honestly, he's driving like there's a, a whole new beast under him right now. Like this race was almost a perfect race for him. He, he, I would say it is a perfect race, getting the fastest lap, pole, winning, leading most laps. Like he just took over this weekend. And to have that, that, to be that confident going into the rest of the season, having that big of a point lead going into the rest of the season after just three races, it's, it's going to be hard to take him off his throne. And I think, you know, right now, the only thing that they can do is or the rest of the field can do is try to just get into his head a little bit to shake him up a little bit to show that you know you're human you can you you can make a little bit of a mistake and uh, we'll capitalize on it that's the only way they're gonna kind of slow Leclerc down right now because he is on fire now when you look at his driving it almost looked like he had the race on cruise control I mean the the most contentious part of the race was probably the start he got away clean and he was into corner one first and that was pretty much it um you talked about the confidence like what could stop him outside of reliabilities um the only honestly it's everyone else has to sort their stuff out right now (laughs) (laughs) it's it's crazy to think that uh, mercedes is second in the constructors and second in the championship and they're saying how horrible their car is right now and i I said this at the last podcast that's scary right now so if they sort their stuff out and start to show some pace I think that's going to kind of shake up Ferrari a little bit to be like, hey, you know what? These guys are starting to catch us. We have to keep our head down. The only thing that can really stop Leclerc right now is is someone putting the weekend together to be faster than him. And right now, it's it's pretty much, you know, the Red Bulls can just keep with them. They can show some quality pace over them at most. The race pace isn't quite there yet. Um, and honestly, the only thing I think can stop him right now is, besides reliability is someone shaking it up a bit and and getting in front of them right off the bat and if they can have a really good start at the next race or whoever it may be uh, and get in front of them to try to control his pace i think that's the only way they can kind of uh, take him down right now if they allow him to to lead through turn one and start taking back off again there's no stopping him it shows that he would he he's on fire right now he has the confidence that he just thinks he's driving perfect and you know even halfway well 
what, 10 laps to go. He's like, should I go for the fast lap now? And they're like, you already have the fast <laughs> lap. Like, you're, no one's going to yeah, beat yeah, your fast yeah. lap. What are you doing? And he's like, and, but that just shows how relaxed he is in the car to be like, you know, you want me to go for the fast lap? And they're like, no, you have it. Like, because he's, he's just showing the pace he has. And this is the other thing about it too, because you mentioned uh, Mercedes just there. You mentioned Red Bull. For everything that we're able to see and decipher on the screen, the Red Bull, lo the Red Bull looks the fastest car yeah. and, and the best handling car. I mean, Verstappen didn't quite come to grips with it throughout the weekend. It was a little touch and go in terms of handling dynamics. But when you look at things like, like Porpoise and that, the Red Bull suffers zero yeah. from that, or at least this weekend at Australian Grand Prix. And then when you look at the Ferrari, it's, it's heavily porpoising yeah. down those fast flowy sweepy sectors of yeah. the track but they just managed to get it into the corner so well the mercedes is still suffering from that but overall it just looks slow so from a technical side of things like what do you think the difference is between the, the three top contenders let's say this year i think like you said the red bull is definitely straight line fast it is one of the fastest cars on the straightaway right now it doesn't have quite the corner in like like the ferrari and uh um, you know, the porpoise out of the Ferrari right now is really crazy. But the thing is, is as soon as they touch the wheel and turn, it's gone. You know, it, the bouncing stops, the car settles down, and they're able to rotate it in. So if they're still able to do that and get to the apex, I don't think they're having an issue right now with the porpoise. And they're probably just like, whatever, just sorry, guys, your head's going to shake a little bit down the straightaway. <laughs> and well, as soon as you turn in, everything goes away. You can see that in the high-speed stuff. It's not a big deal for them right now. I don't think they're really too worried about it they're showing that they have the pace they're showing that they have the race pace i don't think they're worried about it if they if they really you know with the mercedes you can see when he starts to turn in it still kind of hops on the initial turn in and it doesn't settle all the way through the corner so it kind of creates that understeer as you can see or that snap oversteer that lewis was kind of battling all weekend and you know with the ferrari it's it's yes they're porpoising but it's not affecting them really with the lap time so if they're not being affected too much by it why bother changing the car to, to stop it from happening? Yes, it's a little bit of vibration for the, the drivers and, you know, a little bit of head bob going down the straightaways. But I honestly think Ferrari just really notices it doesn't hurt them as soon as they turn in. So why change it? It's almost like one of those things where it's like, well, we could fix this completely, yeah. but you might lose some pace exactly. in the car. And they're like, you know what? Nah, I can bounce it. up and down yeah. for a little bit in order to finish <laughs> P1 and let's... Be clear, Leclerc is dominating the field. I mean, we're three races into the yes. three races into the season. There's a lot of season left, but it kind of looks like he might just run away with it because they haven't had a single reliability no. issue since testing. Yeah. Before the testing, yeah. You know, we're looking at Spain. There was not an issue. They had the most laps in, and they haven't had really a single issue so far. So it uh, it looks really good for Leclerc uh, yes. in terms of his maiden championship voyage at the present at, time. Yes. On the flip side of the garage, my boy Carlos Sainz had a difficult weekend. Yes. It started in quali, wasn't able to get out there. He qualified P9, went backwards off the start. Horrible start. And then he just kind of beached the yeah. car. So I guess the question is, was he trying to do too much too quickly? I think so. I think once he had that bad start, he tried to make up a couple more spots going into turn one. And then all of a sudden on the exit, he didn't. He had cars on both sides of him. He couldn't get out of that corner, so he lost even more on the exit of the turn one going into turn three. And by the end of it, he was like 15th or 16th after the first lap. So I think at that point he knew, okay, my teammates lead in. I'm all the way back here. Clearly I shouldn't be back here. Let's try to push a little bit harder and... 
when he went into 10 there, I was just like, where are you going? There was no chance he was. <laughs> he went in there. He went in yeah, there. He <laughs> went super deep. And I honestly think at that point, he's just frantic. He's trying to make up for everything that's happened. He, you know, he had a bad qualifying. He made some mistakes. That's why he was P9. And in the race, he made a, a, a bad start. And then he made some bad choices in the first lap that really put him back. And he, he, he was kind of in a panic mode at that point. He's never... He's had such consistent results for the last few years that it was like, oh, wow, he's human. He's made some errors now. And it was really, uh, you know, it was kind of sad to see that he had such a bad run. And, you know, after three laps, it was out and over for him. But uh, I think, you know, at that point, when he's sitting in the in the gravel trap and he asks them, you know, can they push me out? Like, how can they get me? Like, no, no. man. Like, you know, <laughs> you're, you know the rules. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're done. Like, yeah. And I think at that point he knew he was just like, I, I, I was just flustered for the first couple laps. Yeah, it was, it was weird to see Carlos Sainz because he's the smooth operator. And we've yeah. seen him in, you know, situations, maybe not as bad. It just all seemed to happen very quickly. And he just tried to get it all back in yeah. one lap. And I yeah. think that's really what did him in this weekend. Ultimately, it looks like he kind of, you know, he kind of blew his shot at the championship if he was ever going to get yeah. there. Like, we just needed a consistent weekend from him. He could have been in there P3, P2 even. Yeah. He had the pace throughout practice. He just yeah. didn't put it together in quality. I actually thought watching the practices, he was going to win this weekend. So. I thought so too. He looked so strong in practice. He was putting some good laps down. He was being consistent in the top uh, the, the top three for the entire, for all the, the practice sessions. And I honestly thought, okay, you know what? Here's Sainz starting to get used to the car again. He's really starting to get into the swing of things. And, you know, Leclerc at some points were, you know, four or five tenths behind him in practice. Yeah. And going into qualifying, I think, you know, once he made, it was, Australia was kind of a, a an interesting situation for the track because it was so, it hasn't been raced on in two years. And there wasn't a lot of rubber down to initially. And you can see that these cars weren't exactly, they didn't exactly have the full grip that they usually do around a, a circuit. And a lot of the, t you saw how many crashes there were this weekend of in practice and cars driving off and cars spinning. And that usually doesn't happen um, as often as it did this weekend. And uh, I think, you know, the track kind of caught everyone off guard. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those situations where if you kind of sacrifice a little bit more going into the corner to get out of the corner, it helped you a lot more instead of charging into the corner where you saw Max in the last sector constantly driving off because he was trying to push harder and harder into the corner and he would make that mistake and the car would slide and put him onto the grass. So I think uh, in the end, I think this track just kind of caught a lot of people off guard and it made for an interesting weekend. You're absolutely right because we were just talking about Carlos Sainz yeah. overcharging it. We've seen uh, Max Verstappen end up in the grass yeah. after doing a full 360. Vettel crashed. Vettel crashed. <laughs> Magnussen even. Yeah. Magnussen yeah. overshot Stroll, the corner one time. Uh, yeah, so... You're right. Maybe it, it, it was a resurfaced track, hadn't been raced on in a little while, and it was definitely uh, quicker. There was more yeah. high-speed corners and that kind of stuff. They actually removed some chicanes and that. I thought it made for better racing, oh, yeah. especially sure. especially midfield back, yeah. and that seems to be where we're at in terms of racing. Uh, the top tier have definitely set themselves apart. Mercedes yeah. have found themselves in the mix somehow with that car. Um, but let's shift gears a little bit, no pun intended, to Red Bull, Max Verstappen, reliability, uh, Red Bull performance. They're not going to sell many engines no. right now. Um, no. <laughs> so, no. so with that being said, is this to be expected? Should they have expected this or is it just hitting 
that much harder because it's Verstappen yeah. and he's looking to defend his title right now. I, th I think it's just surprising that they're having these issues. And uh, this weekend, I don't think it was a power unit issue. It was a hydraulic issue. And that's why the car caught on fire because it was hydraulic fluids dripping all over the exhaust and everything and got it really hot. But still, there's all these small little reliability issues that they're having with the engine when the Honda was kind of bulletproof last year. You know, there was, it was... It was motor. fast and yeah. bulletproof, and according to the Honda engineers, they never really gave it the full juice. Like, no. they never maxed it maxed no. it out, exactly. you know? So so I think, uh, you know, maybe with the car design, it might be having a little bit of an issue with the maybe cooling or how the motor is actually running inside of the design. Um, but it's it's definitely shocking to see the, the Red Bull engine having such a problem, and, and all it was was a rebranding over the winter. <laughs> right, because essentially they took a few of the engineers from Honda. Yeah. They stole a few Mercedes engineers, yeah. but who knows? Yeah. Conspiracy tin hat could be on. Maybe yeah, they're just over maybe. there for a little while. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, red button. <laughs> yeah, no, it, you know, it's one of those things. At least this weekend, Checo was able to grab, you know, yeah. second place, and it didn't look like it was a total power unit thing. Are yeah. you saying it's probably a hydraulic thing? Definitely car related. We see the same thing happen to Alonso who we'll discuss a little later in the show as well. Um, but Max is looking to defend his title. He's down bad. Bad, yeah. Like more than uh, close to half, if not more than half of the yeah. points. He's pretty much said, you know what, we're miles behind. I, I don't think it's possible yeah. in the media. Like, how do you feel about it? I, you know, it's it's really early in the season. We still have 20 races left. It's not like it's, uh, you know, one of those situations where it's three races left, you're 40 points behind, 50 points behind. It's, you know, all it takes is for, yes, it's a big uphill, steep climb, but all it takes is for a couple of races where Leclerc doesn't finish, has a DNF from contact from a race in it. And to be honest, people have been kind of really... We haven't really seen yeah. we the, the we haven't seen a real incident yet no, this year. No. Three races in early days, and, and you know Verstappen if he starts getting a little bit you know desperate, he might be pulling some moves now to try to be like, hey, now you're in the lo losing situation because if you crash out, that's twenty five points that we can gain on you, or twenty points that we can gain on you. Well, I was waiting this weekend to see. Or saying to myself as I watch things roll out, they're all buddy, buddy, ha, yeah. great race, thumbs up. I was like, after the last race, I said, I, I can't wait till this gets chippy. It is going to get. I think because it's, it's going to get gonna chippy. Get, it's going to be <laughs> you know? very, very chippy. And I, I honestly think everyone's kind of started the season not knowing what their cars are going to do. There's so many unknowns. And everyone's just kind of getting settled down into the car to know what they can do and how they can battle. And I think they're starting to see, you're starting to see more and more passes, more and more dive bombs. And... It, the raciness is starting to pick up a bit more in that mid-pack, especially. You know, it's uh, they keep referencing that it's a go-kart go race again. Like, there's constant passing. People are blocking. People are racing each other now. It's not like the field spreads out, gets in the DRS line, and they just sit there. People are racing now. The thing about it, too, is when they're in the DRS line, they're in the DRS line together yeah. for laps. Like, I, it, was, it was the two Mercedes and the two, two McLarens yeah. until there was that first virtual safety yeah. car, yeah. or the first safety car, I should say, with signs. And they were just following each other. And it was yeah. like, you couldn't break out of it. But that makes for good racing it because does. all it takes is one mistake, whether that be the guy leading the pack, yeah. the guy third in the pack. like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, these orders start switching around, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think really, you know, give it a couple of races and it's going to start getting hairy in that mid-pack. There's going to be some of those desperation moves to, to try to make something happen. And, you know, when you they see Leclerc taking off like this, no one's going to let him just drive away for the rest of the season. They're going to start racing him hard to make sure that he can't break away. You know, that there's a couple of corners where Max thought about it and didn't go for it and pulled back in. I think in a couple of races, there's no pulling back in. It's going for it because if you keep letting him just take off, 
they know the Ferrari has pace right now. And if he gets into his rhythm, it's hard to keep up with him. Yeah. And I think really and truly in the next couple of races, you're going to start seeing a lot of aggression from those drivers that are in the championship hunt with Leclerc to make sure that he doesn't keep winning. Because if, if he keeps winning, he's just going to pull away. And by mid-season, this championship's going to be over. Yeah. So And these guys are not, they're, they're not stupid when it comes down to that stuff. They know that they have to beat him. We're going to have to do everything in our power to make sure that we beat them. So there's going to be more games going to start happening. There's going to be start the aggressive, aggressiveness is going to start going up. And I think it's you're going to start seeing a lot more crazy moves to try to make sure that Leclerc doesn't win any more races. Right. And you say you mentioned the championship, quote unquote, racing Leclerc yeah. for the championship. Like he is literally head, shoulders, maybe even half his body yeah. above everybody else right now. But P2 yeah. in the championship to everyone's surprise. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we mean this in the most respectful yeah. way. Wow. Yeah. But George Russell, yep. he's been quietly finishing P4, P4, yeah. P3, yeah. like, yeah. and he's putting points on the board. What's the bigger surprise? He's in front of Hamilton, he's P2 in the championship, or he's doing all of this with that car? I think that the fact that he's in that car doing all of this, and, you know, you see Hamilton struggling. Yes, they're trying so many different things with both different cars. The cars aren't the same when they're driving them right now because they want to see what this setup and this setup is going to do and which one works better. You saw it at the last race. And and when, you know, you're, you're being, your teammate is the world, is a seven-time world champion, you are learning so many things off them during debriefs and, and small things that you can add to this whole thing. And it's, it shows that, you know, he kind of helped carry Williams to what it is right now. They, he helped develop that car to make it competitive to get at least some points last year. It went from no points for years to get in several points last year because of Russell. And, and you know, Latifi got a bunch of points for them last year too. But I think, you know, George is a big part of that. And you can see when he's come into this Mercedes now with a car that he's kind of gone from a car that's not competitive into a car that's not competitive again. So he's just, it's just like an everyday race for him where Lewis has to get over the, the fact that they're not the dominant car anymore. Mm. And I think it's kind of a mental hit for, for Lewis in that sense. And I think really George is just kind of like, yeah, I was, I've been like this for the last three years. Who cares? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like even a bad Mercedes, as yeah. we said before, is still a step up yep. from that Williams car that he's been racing exactly. around for three or four seasons. So now nah, kudos to him, man. I mean, this is where it gets interesting, and we were just saying it'll get chippy at some point between yes. teams and between drivers, but even within the team. Yes. And I noticed yesterday, it looked like it started to get a little chippy on the radio, yeah. because let's be clear, Lewis Hamilton is here to, to, to break a record. Yes. That's why he's racing. He yes. ain't racing just to lap. Yep. He's racing to break this record, yep. and he the, the, the safety car... It screwed him yesterday. Yeah, it, like it, it, it If him. that wasn't the way... If that didn't happen, he would have probably been in george russell's spot in yeah, p3 I, right I agree. I agree early in the season he can't he can't ask them to have russell step no. out of the way exactly but he comes on the radio and he says you guys put me in a tough spot now he's trying to clean it up after the fact saying that you know it was just i was driving the car was overheating yada 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 but that has nothing to do with you guys yeah. put me in a tough spot yeah so the question is now is he unhappy he has reason to be unhappy, yeah. but is he unhappy and is he realizing that in regards to the championship, I'm the number two driver now? At this point, <laughs> yeah. And, and if you look at the standings, yeah, he's not too far behind Russell. But yeah, like at this point, you know, we've spoke about it before. The teams look at after three or four races who is in the championship hunt and they will push that car 
to be the fact like they, they will push George at this point because he's P2 in the championship. I think he has to realize, yes, I'm still in this championship hunt, just like George, because I'm not too far behind them. But he also has to realize, yeah, I have to support my teammate now. I, I don't have this dominance that I'm, I'm so far ahead of my teammate that I, you know, I can, that I have to actually help my teammate now. It's not my teammate is only helping me. Mm. I have to put it both ways now. Now it's okay. I'm going to help George and George is going to help me. Not I'm George, just support me and sit behind me. Right. He's got a real, I think it's kind of, there's so much mental stuff going on with Lewis right now because yeah, George is ahead of him the points. He's, he hasn't been in this situation in I don't know how long. And when he, come into it when a, a, a young gun comes into your team and you're thinking you're going into the season to be the number one lead driver, it's kind of an ego hit when all of a sudden you're P4 in the championship and your driver is, your, your teammate's P2 and your teammate's that young gun that came in that was supposed to support you to get your eighth championship. Right. And I think really and truly, he's just got to get over that mental aspect of, holy, holy crap, I got to, there's going to be races that they're going to tell me, don't pass them. You know, and, and there could be, there could be, yeah, there could be. And, and at this point, (laughs) (laughs) and at this point, I think he's realizing that, that he's not the number one lead driver now. Now it's a shared role. Yeah. He's got to realize that they're so close in the championship and he's ahead of them right now. They can't say, George, get out of the way. So Lewis can get maximum points because what happens down the road, if George was still P2 in the championship and they made him do that and they lost a championship for him at the end of the season. Yeah. So he has to realize now that it's not get out of Lewis's way. It's, okay, we're, we're a team now. Whatever happens with these two drivers, you get sorted out, okay, stay behind him now. You're not allowed to pass him. We got to make sure that he gets maximum points just like you have to get maximum points. If it was a reverse situation, he would want George to sit behind him. If he was P2 in the championship... He would be like, George, sit behind me. Well, that's exactly what I think why he was on the radio saying that, right? Because he had raced his way into P3. Yeah. And then he got kind of screwed by the safety car. But that's, he's been around long enough to know that that's how the racing goes. The the interesting thing about this is like, you're going to get to see what, Mercedes and Toto value more in this season because George has got a lot of runway left. Yes. And Lewis is at the end of the runway. So are they going to weight the statistics and the numbers and and the definitive greatest of all time title? Are they going to weight that heavier than George potentially contesting for a chip this season? And then on the other side of things, with everything that you just said, Checo Perez should be catered to right now. (laughs) That's the crazy part. So it's like, I don't know how all of this shapes up, but I will say this. It is making for interesting dynamics. I think Ferrari is off on their own island doing their own thing and everything is great. Uh, The point spread is so big. There's no question. Leclerc has to be catered to first. When When you look at Max and Sergio... It's, literally, it's been reliability that's yeah. kind of held Max back now, right? Yeah. So what do they do? Is, is Max still the guy? He's the defending champ. I, at this point, <laughs> they can't. Like, well, they, but they the will. They, they will <laughs> but you know? if, if you notice, they're not, they're not catering to the setup to Max anymore. You know, Perez is definitely, you know, they're, they're kind of opposite driving styles, Perez and, and Max. And that's why, you know, it took a little bit for Perez to get going in that Red Bull because he had to charge in harder. He has to drive it more like Max drives. Right. And now the car is kind of, you know, Max is charging in as how hard he usually charges and the car can't handle it because it's not catered to his setup anymore. Right. It's set up the way they think that the car should be to be fast. And I think right now it's catered 
not catered, but it's just it's working it better for, for Perez. Right. It was it's exactly it's working better for Perez at this point, and they're not going to change anything if Perez is is almost putting it on pole all the time and is is battling for wins still, battling for podium still. Why are they going to pull that away from him when he's ahead of Max? I think yeah, okay, maybe they they start with the base setup and go towards Max's car a little bit more with this way and Perez over here with this way. But I don't think they're they're building the car for Max's driving style. They're not trying to make it that Max's driving style is going to maximize in this car. I think they're, 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 they started off the season not exactly knowing how the car was going to react. And then they're like, oh, you know what? The driving style of Perez suits this car a little bit better. So why are we going to go to Max when especially Perez is, is doing really well and he's high in the championship right now? He's ahead of Max. Yeah, I think their conundrum is a little bit different in Mercedes in, in that it's so setup dependent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when I... And it's and it's and it's race trim dependent too. Yes. The Red Bull is fast and race trim, but when you look at the Mercedes and the issues they're having, it, it, it looks to me like they have a qualifying issue more so than yeah, a race, race issue agree, because they can race and they 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 were saying five and six is the best you could do. They finished three four, yeah. so they're always going to punch above that weight class, yeah. or at least that's how it seems right now. Yeah. Uh, the car definitely looks better. It, it, it looks like a tire firing up the tire kind of thing for them, but the the Red Bull one is interesting. One of the things that I noticed this weekend after our last podcast discussion was Alpine. They yes. had outright pace. Fernando was on a flyer. It looked like he might have snagged the pole yeah. away. Uh, they had a reliability problem. Yeah. But the real question I have is where did the pace go in the race? I think, uh, you know, when, when you crash the car and, and it's all because of a failure with the car. And, you know, going into the... Going into the the race, the car was rebuilt. The hydraulic issue was supposedly fixed. It's kind of something that sits in the back of your head at that point, you know. Mm. So you know, Alonso was feeling really good in that car. He was feeling comfortable. He was driving his butt off, and and yeah, I, I he had a really good chance at pole with that lap. And once he has that issue where he can't, you know, when you go deeper into the corner and you need the engine braking to slow you down, like that's what happened to him. The hydraulic failed, and he couldn't downshift, so it didn't slow him down enough and made him drive off. That's in the back of your head. You know that the team stayed up late trying to fix the car because one, you crashed it, and two, there was a hydraulic issue, so they had to fix that. Right. So you know in the back of your head, okay, is the car really fixed properly, or you know did they fix it? But it, was it some other internal issue as well? So there's those things that are falling into your head while you're driving to know is this car ready to go or is it not? And I think one, the safety car definitely screwed him over as well. He his whole pitch strategy was thrown out the window. When that all that stuff was going down, he he ended up hitting three times throughout the race. Like it was, it was just one. He was of like the only one. Yeah. yeah, it was just a bad situation. I think a lot of, of of situations piled up on top of themselves and ended up being an you know a bad race for him. Um, but he had pace in the race. It's just I think being caught behind certain people and and being behind a big train. You know, he was behind that big train of uh, cars behind Stroll, and and it took. Bunch a of while a while to get by took a while right? to get by stroll yeah, stroll exactly. was putting up the blocks yeah. hard <laughs> and, and when you see that it's just i think if he was in clean air and in the top five or in the where he was supposed to be i think he would have been fine and battling up there but i think at that point you know he's he, they're trying to cater his his pitch strategy to get through the through the field more and when all these safety cars and virtual safety cars come out it kind of just throws your strategy out the window especially the people that started on hard, hard tires so 
I think in the end, it, it was just a, a, a strategy thing that kind of didn't work out for them, and it kind of hurt them in the end. But I think they still have the pace. It showed that they had the pace. It, they were on fire through the whole weekend, especially in FP2 and FP3. They were so fast. Qualifying, like I said, he should have, he could have been on pole, you know, if that hydraulic issue didn't fail. Um, but, yeah, I think at this point, Alpine is, is definitely the sleeper of the season. We'll see where that goes in the Constructors' Championship, yeah. of course. And uh, speaking of Constructors' Championship, speaking of hard tires, my man Alex Albon, yeah. he would have rode that till the end he if was. he could have. If there were, I was wondering what the penalty was, right? Because yeah. if they were kind of in there and it was a five-second penalty, I'm no. like, they just going to go to yeah. the end. Full DQ. Yeah, Full I DQ. know. And then I was like, ah, oh, no, no, they can't, can't do that. Do so yeah. I was I was waiting. I'm like, when are they going to pull this yeah. guy in to change the tires? He went pretty much the entire, I think it was the last lap. Last the last lap, lap yeah, they pulled into in. the last lap. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. managed to come in and, and pull it out. P10, points on the board for Williams. Uh, first points since he's been back in the sport at yeah. F1 as well. Um, it's just an overwhelmingly great story. But I want to talk strategy. Yeah. This is the type of stuff that Williams is going to have to do in order to put some yeah. points on the board. I agree. And what do you think the futures hold now that they've kind of rolled the dice a bit? And, and Alex has been able to get something back for it. I think Alex is comfortable there. You know, it's it's a less stressed team. You know, when he was at Red Bull, it's a high stress team. It's a, it's a perform or die situation for that team. And for Williams, it's kind of like, okay, we, we know we're not battling for wins. We just want to get those points so we can keep developing our car and every year get better and better and better. And I think it, this is a, a great role for Alex and it suits him well because there's no stress. There's Yes, you got to perform, obviously, but it's not like a do-or-die cutthroat situation where Red Bull will cut you if you're not performing. And I think this is definitely helping him have more confidence, be able to just do his own thing and drive now and not worry about the politics behind everything. Because in the end, he's there to just you know drive the car, make sure they can get some points, and if they can get a, a podium, holy crap, that's unbelievable. That would be like a win to them. And, you know, he... He's just more relaxed. You can see it even in the pits when he drives and when he's talking on the radio. It doesn't sound so stressed. He just sounds like he's having fun now. And I think that's huge for Albon because it's he, he can clearly drive. He has the talent. He just was put into a situation where, you know, your teammate is now the world champion. And it's hard to perform when you have, it, you know, one, the cars cater to one person. And two, you have a guy that is is one of the best in the world as your teammate and it's you have to try to beat him or support him the best you can and you know there's a lot of stress when it comes to that red bull spot and and perez has seen it too you know he's he's kind of uh at this point he he has this con this year's contract and that's it he has to resign by the end of the year i'd sign him right now you know like because to be honest like you know he's performing really well like i last year was kind of like hit and miss touch and go with him but this year man he is on it could be a car thing whatever it is yeah whatever he did in the off season he's definitely taking care of business a couple more questions quick note mclaren m&m mercedes mclaren had a back-to-back weekend that that kind of impressed um who do you think was more impressive between the two, Ricardo or Lando? Um, I honestly, I'm going to have to say Ricardo just because of, you know, Lando has been, has been put in laps together and showing that the pace was there. Um, whenever they, they kind of, in qualifying, he would pull one lap out of, out of nowhere and put him in the top 10. You know, Ricardo was struggling a lot 
for the first couple of races. He couldn't get it really going. And the fact that he had such a consistent weekend, finished on the wing of Lando, and I guarantee they told him, don't battle each other, just let's get these points and sit there. And, you know, he, he sat there and, and showed that he had pace with Lando the entire race. And I think, uh, it, I think that's the bigger surprise than Lando because, you know, Lando has been, uh, like I said, putting things together. And I think really and truly he, he kind of catered to the car a little bit faster. And uh, I think right now, you know, with all the mental stuff going on with, with Ricardo and how him not performing and the media is all over him and, and, you know, to have such a good, strong finish at his hometown, I think it's going to be a big booster for him. And I really do think that uh, then the rest of the season is going to look strong for them. Yeah, that was big to, to kind of find the pace in yeah. Australia after yeah. not being back there for a little while. So uh, shouts out to McLaren. They're saying it's track dependent. Let's hope yeah. not uh, because it, it was nice to see them kind of in that top yeah. 10, maybe, you know, different circumstances pushing for a podium. Hopefully they get back there. Overwhelmed, underwhelmed, surprised. All right. So the uh, overwhelming, I was, I want to say George, but I got to say Albin. I like, I'm very happy that Albin finished in the top 10. He, he, he did. He did 57 race. out yeah. of 58. <laughs> on, a, on a set on of a tires. tires. Right? Where Alonso pitted three times. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm super surprised that he was able to do that. Like it's over overwhelming for me for sure. I'm happy he got you know in his third race with William, he got the points. He's he you know that that one stepping stone of getting the points for the team is already conquered. So that's another weight off his shoulders to be like, look, I got you guys points already. Yeah, we're not the team that's not going to score any points throughout the year, and it's only the third race in. So now it's okay. So we're going to get our payout. A lot better by the end of the season because we do have that one point right if you have zero points at the end of the year you lose a lot of money because of it yeah and um you know it's it's there's a big stress relief now to say we got that one point look we can get the good money by the end of the season it will help us for next season and now it's just like all right let's just pile more points on and whatever happens from here happens from here at least we got that point to get our payout right so i think get our payout to buy buy some more parts for my yeah. teammate <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go there. No, we, we don't need to go there. Let's go overwhelm, underwhelm, underwhelm. Let's do underwhelm. And I'm gonna say science. It, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, so was, surprised was, about what happened with yeah. him. And I couldn't believe that he had such a bad day and a half. Like it was just it was like really like twelve hours. Yeah, twelve just, hours. You just went out to lunch, and <laughs> it, it was kind of uh, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. It just surprised the heck out of me to see him back there. Um, and the surprise. Yeah, and the surprise. Uh, yeah, 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 and the surprise. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the surprise. I did overwhelmed, underwhelmed. You did overwhelmed, underwhelmed, and yeah. surprised. Uh, the surprise is going to be George. I, I have to say it. He the, the fact that he was finishing P2, the fact that Mercedes is second in the cha Constructor Championship right now. There's a lot of twos around, yeah. and it shouldn't be around it Mercedes. Shouldn't be. Yeah. It, <laughs> it does not make any sense that they started off the season not even thinking they could score points, let alone, you know, and they've someone's been in the top five the entire all the races so far like they've been mostly george yeah george yeah, yeah, yeah so for him to be second in the championship it's like i said this last week and that's scary like that is scary the fact that mercedes is second in the constructors and second in the driver's championship because the car is getting better and better and better every race it is it's not like the first race where you looked at it and you're like is what is that thing like it looks horrible now, yes, the car is still a little bit unstable, but the car is looking better and better and better. They have a little bit of a break now to go and develop that car even more. Yep. It's scary that they're not out of the hunt. And the interesting part about it, the break is about to go into the European stretch. Yeah. So all of a sudden, all these little parts, rather than shipping them up. freight, 
you know, over to Australia yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, into the Middle East. It's yeah. like, yeah, this is just down the road. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I think they were trying to maximize just to kind of catch this European stretch. And let's be clear. Mercedes will figure this thing oh, out. Yeah. They will figure this thing out. Yeah. Sooner than later, I think the last pod we said they got to get it right this weekend. They yeah. didn't get it all the way right, but they but, managed to get a 3-4, yeah. which is pretty much like getting it all the way exactly. right right now. So just around the corner, we will we will definitely see what Mercedes yeah. uh, brings to the table. Thank you very much for watching this week's episode of Another Race Weekend, Canada's F1 podcast. Just a reminder, you can stream us on the go as well. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. We are there. YouTube is where you can watch the show as well. For Dames Nellis, no, for Daryl Timmers, I'm Dames Nellis. Looking forward to Imola in a couple weeks, and we will chat then. Take care.